Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Okuo. It's great to be back with you once again. And this week, we are back in our series called Back to the Beginning. Now, remember, to start this year, we shared the word that God wanted Okuo to have and learn about and dig into, and that was sturdy. And we've been talking about this all year long. To be sturdy, we need to be, make sure that we are first built on the right foundation. Because it doesn't matter how well we are put together if we don't have the right foundation. We learned to be sturdy. It's really, really simple to do. We just build on Jesus. He's the one that we lean our whole lives on. We have been talking about that all year long by simply believing in him. That's the first step to us being sturdy, is understanding who Jesus was while he was on this earth and who he is now. Now we started that series called The Beginning in January of this year. So what we're doing now is going back to that series, going back to that word sturdy. We are going back to the beginning way back to the beginning. <laughs> so some of you that know me might know that I'm a bit of a sports fan. Maybe or maybe you haven't caught that. I don't know. In baseball, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I know. How do I get become an Atlanta Braves fan? We'll probably talk about that another day. But in the NFL, I love the Dallas Cowboys. The way that they play doesn't always love me, but I'm still around. And then in college, of course, I love my alma mater, the UTSA Roadrunners. But the team I want to talk about today is the San Antonio Spurs. And to be honest, they're the team that actually got me interested in sports to begin with. Some of my earliest memories are of seeing my dad and my grandpa when I'd be hanging out with them, spending time with them. They'd be picking up the sports page and, and reading it in the morning and I'd see like a giant picture of David Robinson or Johnny Moore on the front page. I remember my Aunt Yolanda being a season ticket holder to the Spurs in the Hemisphere Arena, and I was like five, six, seven years old, and I was going to games there with her, and I was cheering along with, you know, 17,000 other fans and just getting excited. As I got older, I got to see the first ever NBA Finals game the Spurs played in with her at the Alamo Dome. And then it came full circle after college, I got into my career. One where I was interviewing Spurs players, sitting courtside, watching my favorite team do their thing. After decades of being a fan, I have a lot of knowledge about this team. I can tell you history about the franchise, where they came from, who the first owner was that they were actually leased uh, when they came from Dallas to San Antonio. Red McCombs and the group of owners didn't just buy them. Right? It was least. It's a very strange thing. But I'm able to talk about like where guys played their college ball or their international professional team that were eventually Spurs. But here's the deal. If I'm walking down the street and I see David Robinson or Tony Parker or Manu Ginobili or Tim Duncan or like even lesser known Spurs like Tony Massenburg and I walk up to them and I start just like talking to them like they're my friends, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. And here's why. I might know all about them, all their stats, all their things, but I don't actually know them. Fans don't know who the actual athletes are. 
They just have an idea about who they are. And a lot of us have a one-sided relationship like this. It might not be with an athlete. It might be with like your favorite actor or social media influencer, or, like a TikTok dancer or like a local celebrity, right? Like Henry's Puffy Taco, the mascot, that's my, that's my dude. Whoever it is, there's a person that you feel like you know, but you don't actually know because you've never spent any time with them. Gathering info, memorizing stats, it's not the same as having a relationship with them. And that's what we're gonna see happening in this firsthand account of Jesus' life that we are reading through today. Early on in his ministry, Jesus gained notoriety by performing signs and miracles. That helped him get on the radar of some of the most important and influential people in the entire nation of Israel. So this account that we are about to read from today was recorded by Jesus' good friend and disciple John. So let's read about what happened. Here's what John wrote. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. So we'll stop right there and allow me to give you some context for this. Nicodemus is a lot of things. He's a teacher of the law. That's important. He's a Pharisee, also important. And he's a member of the Sanhedrin, which was a 70-member council that was responsible for all the religious decisions and were the civil leaders. The Sanhedrin were the ones that would eventually put Jesus on trial. So Nicodemus is what you would call kind of a big deal in Jewish society. He was the head of the holy people. He was someone that knew all the laws. He was someone that knew how to apply those laws, all of them, in the best way possible. He was probably the most pious. He was probably the best rule follower. He was so good that people wanted to make him their leader. He knew more about God than anyone else did. He was a huge fan. Now during this time, Nicodemus has heard about Jesus. He's heard about the signs Jesus has been performing, so Nicodemus goes to visit. But there's an important piece to note. John writes in this, what we just read, that he goes, Nicodemus goes after the sun goes down. So maybe we should call this guy like Nick at night. Why would this be important though? That this person would go visit Jesus in the dark of night? Well, some people have hypothesized that it's, become, it's because Nicodemus and other holy people would study the Jewish scriptures each night before they went to bed at night, right? So it only makes sense that Nicodemus would go talk about holy things with a rabbi after dark. I'm a little bit more cynical though. So I don't necessarily buy that. I'd agree with the idea that Nicodemus was out that night because he doesn't want to be seen. Remember, so much of their culture, the Jewish culture was about gaining and maintaining this power. If someone within the Sanhedrin council heard that Nicodemus was hanging out with this wild rabbi, he might get thrown out of his position. For sure, the Pharisees were constantly antagonistic towards Jesus. So if Nicodemus was seen with Jesus, he would have some questions to answer from the other Pharisees. In addition to all that, when John makes connections to things happening at night, there is always an evil connotation attached to it. 
Also, what makes me think that Nicodemus is making the nighttime visit out of fear because of how he, is because of how he addressed Jesus. He calls him rabbi, which at best is someone that would be teaching Nicodemus, right? That's a teacher. So he, he's like putting him above himself. And at worst, he's calling himself an equal to himself, right? Nicodemus is like, we're, we're right here on the same thing, rabbi. Either way, this is a very respectful and flattering way for a man in Nicodemus's position to address anyone. And that would be nice for most people, to be held at the level of Nicodemus. That would be fantastic. However, this isn't just some random dude. This is Jesus. Being called the teacher of important people of Israel is a huge step down for Jesus. If our main man, Nick, was going to address Jesus correctly, he would have called him son of man or Messiah or Lord. So when, while Nicodemus is addressing Jesus, he gets cut off. Here's how Jesus interjects. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus is like, cool, I'm glad you're such a fan of God. You can do all the studying you can. You can follow all the rules. You can wear the right clothing. You can sing the right music. But you will never know his kingdom unless you're born again. Which can be a confusing phrase. Nicodemus is confused for sure, right? That's why he's asking such an interesting question. But when you take a closer look, you can see what Jesus is really saying. Remember that the New Testament is translated into English from Greek. So sometimes it helps to look at the original Greek word. And here the Greek word for again is anothen. Anothen, which is like from above, from heaven, again, anew. As we can see, anothen, again, anew, sure. But it also means from above or from heaven. So Jesus has this nice little play on words happening. Yes, it can speak to being born again, but what Jesus is really talking about is being born from heaven. Now, the disciple John uses uh, anothen a couple of chapters later, when he, and he's using it, he's quoting another John, John the Baptist. And it's a time when John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. So here's what John the Baptist says. Jesus has come from above, anothen, and is greater than anyone else. So it's safe to say that anothen is used regularly for above. But part of the reason that Nicodemus is having trouble with this understanding is because of how Jesus connected this above to the kingdom of God. And the understanding of the kingdom of God for the Jewish people was this idea of how the heavenly world, the heavenly, all the stuff would eventually come down to earth one day and create something completely new. Essentially, you would get to receive eternal life in a rebuilt, perfected earth. The way that a Jewish person would be able to see that future kingdom would be by being born as a Jewish person or converting to Judaism, the religion. The only Jewish people that wouldn't be able to see it were the ones that had walked away from their faith or the ones that were extraordinarily wicked. But here, Jesus is changing everything Nicodemus knew. 
which is probably why he had such a ridiculous question. Jesus is explaining a completely new concept to our man, Nick. For Jesus to lay out this idea for him, it's world-shattering. To see God's kingdom, to have eternal life in a perfect place, you need to be born from above. You need to have a heavenly birth. Now remember, Nick is a big deal. He's out there teaching other Jewish people how to follow God in the best way possible. So I would imagine that Nick thinks there is no way that he could ever miss out on God's kingdom. And here Jesus is telling them that he's going to miss out on it because he's not born again. Lucky for Nick and us, Jesus further explains what it looks like to be born from above. Here's how John recorded it. Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. So the water and the Spirit. This is something that can trip people up. Some people will say that this means you need to get baptized in water and by the Spirit to get into the kingdom of God. But that's not what's happening. What Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is that in order to enter the kingdom, Nicodemus needed to turn to him to have the new birth from above. Jesus is just simply clarifying what he said at the start. He's explaining what it means to be born again, to be born from above. He was not saying that two separate things have to happen to see the kingdom of God. Because everybody is born of water. Everybody is born as from a person. The second thing that has to happen is being born through God. And as I've been reading and studying through this, something jumped out at me. Remember, Nicodemus had power in this community. Part of the reason he had that power was because he was born into the right group of people, the Jewish people. So to Nicodemus, this was one of the main reasons he thought he would experience this kingdom of God. But Jesus is further explaining to him that simply being born in the right family is not enough. After this, Jesus starts talking about the wind, which is even more wordplay from Jesus because the same Greek word that is used for wind is also used for spirit, pneuma. So Jesus is explaining that we can't expect humans to produce a spiritual life. They can only do the physical. We will need the Holy Spirit to create our spiritual life. We will need to be born of the Holy Spirit from above. Then to further rain on Nick's parade, Jesus tells him that he won't be able to explain the Spirit. It's like the wind. It goes where it pleases. So Nick won't be able to explain to people how they are born of the Spirit. He will only be able to see it in action. Because of this, Jesus is taking more power away from Nicholas, Nicodemus right here, and the religious elite of their day. Here is how our dude Nick responds to that. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? 
No one has gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. This is great. Jesus is totally schooling Nicodemus and all of us right here. Jesus is letting Nicodemus know that he can't explain this to him any better. Jesus has told him everything he can tell him about what it means to be born again. What Nicodemus is learning is that maybe he's more of a fan and not a friend of God. It's kind of like grocery time at my house, right? Like we'll, we'll go to the store, pick up groceries, come back, and they'll all be in our trunk. And sometimes we can't make it in one trip. So that's normally when we get the kids involved. For my five-year-old daughter, if I give her a bag with some cereal in it and she complains she can't carry it because it's too heavy, well then, I shouldn't give her like the 20-pound bag of dog food to carry in next, right? Because she showed me with the lighter bag that she couldn't succeed. So she wouldn't be able to carry the heavier bag. And this is what Jesus is saying right here. If old man Nick can't figure out the earthly things that Jesus is telling him, then Nick has shown Jesus he isn't ready to handle the heavenly stuff. And then Jesus tags this sentence about, tags this with a sentence about Moses and the bronze snake. And not everyone knows that story from the Jewish scripture, otherwise known as the Old Testament, so let me break it down for you. You see, after God freed the people of Israel from being held captive, they had to wander in the wilderness for years and years, for a very long time. And it was taking too long to the Israelites for God to deliver them to the land that had been promised to them. So the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, they started complaining. They complained about God, they complained about Moses, and they complained about the miraculous food that would literally fall from the sky. After that, God had to remind, him, remind them of who he was and remind them of who they were. Here's how it's recorded in the book of Numbers, chapter 2. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. So the Israelites would get bitten by the snake. There was no way to treat it. There was no anti-venom. There was nothing. The only thing they had was to look up at the bronze snake that was attached to the pole that everyone in their camp could see from wherever they were. It was the only way they could be saved. They had to trust that that snake up there that was given to them and built by Moses actually had God's healing power running through it. They had to have faith that God was going to save them through this thing held up on a pole for everyone to see. And through doing this, the people of Israel realized something. It wasn't the act of looking up that saved them. It was the grace of God that was actually saving them every single time. You see, Nicodemus didn't realize this at the time. But Jesus was giving a direct allusion to what would happen to him someday. There would come a time where Jesus would be raised up on a pole for everyone to see. 
It wouldn't be done in secret, behind closed doors. It would happen in public, and all you had to do to notice it was look up. The snake on the pole was reserved for the Jewish people in the wilderness. But Jesus, Jesus was meant for so much more, for so many more. Here's how Jesus explains it in what, be, in what might be the most famous phrase he ever spoke. He said, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. God didn't give his only son, Jesus, to lay his life down just for the best of the Jewish people, or even for just all of the Jewish people. God gave his son for them for sure, but he gave his son for the world. Jesus was sent into the world, not to judge it, but to save it. Jesus came into the world to help people know what it looks like to be born again, to be born from above. Jesus came to change the culture. He came to tear down this idea that knowing all the laws would keep you in the right. He came to tear down this idea that we needed to follow this group of men that would tell us all the right ways to live our lives by the law. He came to tell people to stop being fans only to start believing in him to start being friends jesus came to heal us not from a snake bite but from the thing that separates us from a relationship with god sin jesus wants us to know that we are in the clear we will just see and we will see the kingdom of god if we just simply believe you can be a fan go ahead but that alone won't save you. You won't be born again, born from the Spirit. To do that, you have to know Jesus. You have to move from a, friend, a fan to a friend. And some of us listening right now might not have that. You might not consider yourself a friend of Jesus. You might not believe in him, what he did here on this earth and who he said he was. And if that's you, thank you for listening to this. I appreciate your interest in what we are talking about here right now. I appreciate you being a spiritual seeker. Now, if you're listening right now and you want to begin to understand what the creator of the universe has done to bring you into a friendship with him, well, that's easy. All you have to do is simply believe. That's your first step. Believe that Jesus is who he says he was, the son of God, the perfect lamb sacrificed for you to make you right with God. So if you want to do that, what I would like to do is lead you in a conversation with Jesus, which we would call a prayer. In this prayer, you would just simply confirm your trust and faith in Jesus. And what I want to do right now is lead you in that conversation. And I want to ask the rest of our Akula community to pray along with you. Because here at Akula Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community there with you. 
So if you want to confirm your belief in Jesus, just go ahead and say this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now for the rest of us believers, whether you've believed in Jesus for the last five seconds or the last five decades, I want to lead you in something. You know, we are a Kuo church for a reason. It's because it means to listen. So we want to be listening to God every single chance we get. And because of that, I want you to ask God a simple question. And after you ask that question, I'm going to give you a minute to allow yourself to just sit in silence and hear from God. If you need more time than what I give you, feel free to pause this and just keep listening to the Lord. Also, if you feel like you're distracted or like you're in a spot where you can't do that, like you're driving right now, it's okay. This is a time where we are helping train you up to figure out how to do this all week long for the rest of your week at another time. Okay, so here's the question I want you to ask, just between you and God, just ask him, God, how can I live out my life being a better friend to you. I'll come back in a minute to finish out the prayer. yourself to be held up for all of us to see. Jesus, help us build our lives on you. Help us see the real relationship that you have built with us in our lives. Help us run after that as fast as we can. Help us show that friendship to everyone that we come across. And help us bring more people into relationship with you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your holy and mighty and wonderful and beautiful and graceful name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for being a part of this today. Before you go, there are a few things I'd like to share with you. So we have some important dates coming up. On Christmas Eve, we will be having an online service just like we have for the last couple of years. Because Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, we're, we're saying, don't come to church on Christmas Day be with your family, enjoy the holiday, celebrate the blessings the Lord has given you, and enjoy that Sunday there. And then the next week is New Year's Day. 
So we will not have an in-person service on New Year's Day. We won't have an online service on New Year's Day. What we are doing is giving our teams the week off. We want them to sit and rest and give that first day of the year away to the Lord. We're just gonna be giving it back to him and we're gonna be encouraging you guys to be meeting up with your family, to go and join them at another church, to enjoy what this world has to offer on New Year's Day. And then on January the 8th, we will be in the gym here on our campus for the very first time, January the 8th, 10 a.m. We want you to join us on that day. We are so excited to be inside. And we'll be in there through the spring until the weather gets nice again, and then we'll head back outside one more time. Now there's one last thing that I do wanna talk to you all about. For the third year in a row, we are helping out Christian Assistance Ministry with their Christmas store. Cam does this store for the families that have been struggling whether it's been for months or, or just a few days, right? Like people can come up to Cam at any time and get help. Now, what we want you to do is help us help them. And there are a few ways that you can do this. First, Cam has an Amazon and Target wish list online to buy some of those gifts. All you have to do is go to, uh, onto their website, onto the Cam website, or look at the QR code that's in front of you right now, scan that, buy the stuff, and those things will get automatically shipped to Cam. The other thing you can do is pick up your toys and bring them here to our in-person service on December 4th, which is today. Then we will deliver them to Cam. If you can't make it, you can drop those gifts directly off to Cam, or you can buy them through their online registry and then they'll get shipped directly to them. Now, the only reason we are able to do these things is because of you and your generosity. The reason that we are able to link to our community in ways like this is because you give to all of God's kingdom movements and trust that God wants to work through you here at Akuo. So every time that you give here at Akuo, it goes towards things like that. It goes towards us feeding senior citizens next door at the Sorrento. It goes towards our kids at Ku Kids every single week getting to learn about who Jesus is. It goes towards families that can't make rent this month that we're making sure that they will have a Christmas with a roof above their heads. That's what happens every single time you give. So I wanna encourage you to do that. But mainly what I want you to do is when, before you even make that decision, I want you to talk to the Lord. I don't want this to be a burden for you. What I want you to do is do this as a celebration of the relationship that you have with Jesus because you are friends with him. Right? This isn't a thing where you give to Jesus and you expect him to give you something back and more. This is something that you are doing to celebrate all the things that you have received through your relationship with Jesus. Now, the celebration of giving right now might not be a possibility for you. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to be linked to you during your tough time. That's what we exist for. That's what the church exists for, is to be helping you during this time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. All you have to do to do that is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give 
to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you all today. I just want you to know that I love you and appreciate each and every one of you, and me and our Akuo team will be praying for you all week long. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the way that you are showing us to be friends and not fans. I pray that you would continue to allow us to dig into the relationship that we have with you in the best way possible. I pray that you would allow us to be mirrors, to be uh, reflecting your glory and your awesomeness and your love and grace. Jesus, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our community, and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.